Happy Brews Day Tuesday, everybody. My name is Caroline King, and you're listening to Bitch Beer. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so excited to be back and be talking with you all. I have an amazing episode planned today. I sit down with Rachel Kylie, who is COO of Monday Night Brewing. It's such a fun episode. We get to talk to Rachel about her position, uh, women in C-suite positions in breweries and how to get there yourself. Also, we talk about, very excitingly, the Georgia Craft Brewers Fest that's coming up this weekend, coming up Saturday, April 2nd. I seriously cannot wait. There are going to be so many incredible things going on with this festival. Most incredibly is it's going to be a ton of beer collabs that you can't get anywhere else other than this festival. You're definitely going to get to hear about that, but also just talking to Rachel Kylie about being the president of the Georgia craft brewers guild. It's huge. We talk about what she plans for the future, what she's been working on, and it's a really great time. You're not going to want to miss it. Enjoy. Hello, Rachel Kylie. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. <laughs> I am so excited to be here with you. We are in an, a lovely office at the Monday Night Garage. This is very exciting. We finally found a location. It's like our third, <laughs> our third shot at a quiet place. Well, I was like, oh, outside will be so nice. And then trains started going by and <laughs> the server farm behind us. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. M- music, like Tony Braxton bumping in the tap room. <laughs> so yes, this is a very quiet location. Thank you for changing on this. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for coming by today. Awesome. Of course. And also big congratulations. You are president of the Craft Beer Brewers Guild of Georgia. Thank you. I'm yes. So excited. Yeah. Old news, but still very excited. It's still, yeah, it is exciting. I think, um, let's see, I started in the position in July or August mm-hmm. of last year. Um, and it really feels like yesterday. Well, and it's just like so much has happened and I just, you know, cause right when you, you started, it was kind of like still the middle of the pandemic and now mm-hmm. things are like coming back. So how has it been since like now you're kind of like settled into the position? Yeah. Um, so, right. When I started, the first big project we had was the Craft Brewer Symposium. Mm-hmm. And you make a good point. I mean, it was still kind of this tension between it's still a pandemic. Yeah. It was kind of post-Delta Scare, pre-Omicron. So oh, there was a right. li- little window there. Um, but still, it impacts, you know, your the, the layout, the service, the type. So we were able to pull that off, um, the symposium, where we had all day seminars that were of, you know, benefit to our brewery members, mm-hmm. um, conducted by different like industry experts and, um, some panels. And then we had a trade show where folks who, you know, are, who service the the business needs of our craft brewers were able to kind of show off and talk to people about that. And it was, we had an amazing turnout. I That's mean, awesome. I always need to be fact checked on the details because you know, you're like, you're so in it and then you're done and you move on. But we had at least 200 people there. Oh 
yeah. Cause I came towards, cause I was in Charlotte and I drove back down. Mm-hmm. And when I came in for like the, like after party, there were so many people here. It was awesome. And everyone was just raving about how amazing the event was. I can't wait for next year. I'd love to like come. And I know I'm not in the guild, but I mean, I feel like I'm like you're guild. The, you're, you're a part of it. You're guild. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a helper. <laughs> I <Yeah>. helped. <laughs> it's shaking bacon. I helped. <laughs> Anybody who makes um, Talladega Nights references, yep, is, yeah, that, that's the way to that's the way to go. Um, but no, it was it was such a great event and just so much cool information. And like with the guild, there's just so much that you all do. And like, I don't think that even like consumers realize like how much of like the freedom that we have with craft beer right now and this boom of craft beer is mm-hmm. happening because of the guild. So like, how do you feel like now that you're president and like, you know, you're doing such a great job as president. Like, how do you see the future of craft beer being in Georgia? Um, I will say I did not know what I didn't know mm-hmm. about what the guild did until I moved into this role as president. And so I, I'm making a commitment that in the last you know few months of my role as president, I'd really like to help our broader membership connect with what it is the guild does. Um, it's not, you know, I, I was in craft beer for 10 years before I was in this role. And so it was very in Georgia. So very much a part of the scene yeah. aware. I thought I knew what the guild did and I had a lot to learn. And so if I can help bridge the gap between what the guild does and some of our other members, even who are very involved, <clears throat> I'd love to add call to win. So the, the guild focuses on, we have like three main buckets we talk about, which are advocacy, education, and awareness. Mm-hmm. And, um, so part of it is just like getting, you know, you're opening a brewery in Georgia. Are you aware of the guild? Come be a member, come be a part of it. We do, um, our dues structure is tiered such that, you know, if you're brand new, you're not making any money, the dues are very low, right? Right. They go up the bigger your business gets. I think a lot of guild memberships are structured that way. Um, so it should be, it's pretty accessible for all of our member breweries. The advocacy component is huge. What I've learned about politics in the last three months, I'd frankly like to forget. Um, I'm very happy that I work in the craft beer space, in manufacturing and operations and marketing and not in policy and politics because that is, that shit is for the birds. Dude, it's outrageous. (laughs) It's outrageous. And, you know, we, we tried, we had a a bill in front of the, um, the, the committee this year, SB 420, sick, randomly generated, but like kind of (laughs) nice. SB 420. Yeah. Um, but we, um, I mean, it took like three cracks for us to even give testimony because there was all this jockeying about Mm -hmm. getting other folks in front of us. And it was just really hard to get even the opportunity to just stand up and say, Hey, this from our mouth to your ears, right. This is what it is that we want. And this is how it impacts us. And so it's even hard just to get to that point to be heard, let alone, have that language be like agreed on and adopted and impact policy. So SB 420 did not make any progress this year. We're going to keep trying every single year. We're going to keep coming back, keep advocating for what it is our businesses need. And that's, that's a big part of the advocacy component. Um, and then education, right? Mm -hmm. So like really making sure that we can, um, do our best to leverage the resources globally, with, you know, nationally for our, our individual brewery members in Georgia. 
That's awesome. Cause I feel like that, yeah, there's a lot that people don't realize that the guild does and like having those three components is just such a, such a big part of what you all do and why it's so important, um, for breweries to take part in the guild, support the guild, but also, um, just make sure that other people are aware because I don't think like consumers realize how much change they can affect just by calling their senators. Uh, cause I had Senator Elena Parent on the podcast a few months ago mm-hmm. and she was like, she had like all the details. And she was like, yeah, sometimes it gets tied on with another bill that gets voted down this Mm -hmm, and this. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, I just, I like had no idea, like all of the intricacies there. It's insane. Yeah. And I tell people too, like if, even if you're not a member of the guild for whatever reason, you don't think it's going to help you, you're still going to benefit from whatever it is we accomplish. Mm -hmm. This is not a benefit for guild member breweries. This is for all breweries. Yeah. Being a guild member is just an opportunity to participate in the upside and just to like, you know, just to participate in the, the change. So we're asking right now for really small things. And when I described this to some friends who aren't in the craft beer industry, they were like, oh, is that it? Like, is this a joke? Oh my gosh, this is really the whole bill. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This like SB 420 was just asking for breweries to be able to make direct charitable contributions to like 501c3 organizations with an event permit. So you have a charity that donates furniture to families in need. You're Mm -hmm. doing your annual fundraiser. You'd like to have your local brewery partner with you to, you know, seven, eight cases donated to be a part of this charitable event. How it works right now is that the brewery um, cannot directly, you know, we can't um, directly donate to any of these folks. They have to go through a wholesaler and that's its own complicated. And then, you know, if we then want to, then we end up like in many cases, double purchasing it. So we'll sell the beer to the wholesaler who then sells it at retail cost to the event. And then we write a check to the event. So we're paying, paying for twice. We're paying for, yeah, we're paying for the ability to donate our own beer. It's a small thing and it doesn't, you know, for Mennonite Brewing, it actually doesn't really impact us that much. We have, we're Atlanta based and our wholesalers are Atlanta based, our, our largest wholesaler. So we can make those connections pretty easily. But there are a lot of breweries in Georgia who are in rural parts of the state mm-hmm. who they will have to send their beer from their small town way up to Atlanta and then yeah. back to their neighbor two blocks away from them. Yeah. Who wants that? Well, who, who even, who even prefers it to be that way? And it's like quality control issues there too. Yeah. And just the way that like, it's just, there's just so many different issues that arise that I don't think people realize like with distributors and, you know, distributors are great, of course, but yeah. it's, you know, there's all these things that happen that I didn't even realize too. Like, you know, um, like different breweries, like, uh, like if halfway crooks wanted to like sell to like a restaurant next door, it still has to go up to the like Norcross to be checked in and then brought back down to the like restaurant across the street, right? Which is yeah insane. So yeah, but you know, and then, uh, let's see. So there's a charitable contribution component and the other one was daily cap, which I don't think a lot of consumers <gasps> oh, are aware yes, of, I but forgot about that we're one. only permitted to sell like 280 ish ounces of beer a day. I say 80 ish. It's 80 or 88, 288 ounces of wow. beer a day to go to consumers. So a case of 16 ounce cans is more than that. It's just this very arbitrary, oh like volumetric thing. So we were asking, Hey, we can, you guys can keep the annual cap on us. You can 
still limit that, but just allow it to be lumpier. And again, thinking about the complexities of our state, right. you live in Rome, you come down to Atlanta mm-hmm. for your daughter's cheerleading competition. Yeah. You want to swing by the brewery and bring up a case of beer for your friends. You can't, like legally. That's insane. Um, and you're not coming back every yeah. single day to get a case. And so these are some small edits that we weren't successful this year, but um, I mean, we're not giving up. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course not. Yeah. Yeah. That's not on brand for you. Like you never give up. No, no. (laughs) That's awesome. No, I mean, I think that, um, like how much change can come of that and how small it is. Like these small changes are a big deal because like, even like, uh, my friend Lindsay Hoppy Hayes that was in town, she was trying to go around. She wanted to buy like a case of beer here. And of course she bought some, but Uh she was just like, yeah, I just want to keep buying cases of beer. And then she was like, I didn't realize that I like couldn't, but yeah. And North yeah. Carolina has its own bullshit too. So it's like yeah. every state, I feel like I need to do like a podcast episode of why can't I drink in your state? Oh, that's fantastic <laughs> to be like, like, yeah, there's some sort of like a Buzzfeed listicle. Of like <laughs> what's the weirdest beer law in every state? Ooh, that's a cool. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. We heard it here first. <laughs> Don't steal that idea. Caroline. <laughs> it's mine. TM. <laughs> So the other big thing that I'm super excited about is we have the Georgia Craft Brewers Festival coming up April 2nd. I can't wait. Excited. I know. And it's coming up like, I mean, yeah, super soon. And I've been tracking the weather every day. I think it's going to be great weather. Oh, I'm so excited. It's going to be at the Atlantic Station. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're familiar, it's beautiful. It's the same place where they've done like Cirque du Soleil Mm -hmm. or um, the... um, the Atlanta Wine Auction. They do that. Do they do the Wrench Festival there too? They do. Hell yeah. yeah. They do. Um, so it's in this big area. Um, lots of tents. So even if it has rained, it's not going to be muddy. Nice. Lots of bathrooms. The shade from the tents. Oh, yeah. Very easy access off 7585. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a fun time. I'm definitely Ubering there. Yes. Yes. Not just because of parking, but because I will be drinking all day. Yay. Yeah, I was going to say, there is loads of parking, but yeah. not good to drink and drive. Oh, yeah. No. Um, and not the festival's um, on this, yeah, April 2nd. April second, and we're gonna have um, sixty-five. Um, there might even be a few more that trickle in. Sixty-five Georgia only, so it's gonna be only Georgia beer, only Guild member breweries participating. So sixty-five different breweries with four beers from each. So wow, further reason to not drive because if you try <laughs> every single one. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a good time. I know. Um, from all get our pretzel state. necklaces ready. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There will be water stations. There's going to be food trucks. There's going to be live music. Um, and what makes this festival special, and I'm very excited about, is that we're specifically focusing on collaborations. So there are going to be at least 25. Again, some are still trickling in. 25 beers that are going to be um, available at this festival for the first time anywhere at all. So you haven't had them before. They're not at a package store. They're not at a tap room. And they're collaboration brews between Georgia breweries. It's awesome. Um, and so like Monday Night Brewing made an IPA with Firemaker <gasps> Brewing. I cannot and wait. I, I am so I excited. That's going like, to be a blast. They're like a half mile from us. That's we're, awesome. We're great, you know, friends. Go to each other's tap rooms. Elliot's the vice president of the guild. But we've yet to make a beer together. So very excited about that. Um, this beer especially is like a, it's a slightly higher ABV IPA and we nice. used phantasm powder and it's just, what is, this is a dumb question. What is phantasm powder? Oh man, I've I'm going to give so a dumb answer, it. but phantasm powder is, um, it's a grape derivative. Uh, I think it's Ooh. like grape skins that have been created into a, into a powder that provide this, you know, aromatic component to the, the beer. Oh wow. Um, there's also, 
I think it's Sauvignon Blanc. <gasps> Yum. Phantasm is a trademark of a particular company out of New Zealand that sells mm. it. So they've got like a very, I don't think it's like the name of a, I could be wrong here, but like a general product, it's it's a Kleenex versus tissue, you know? Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and we've used it in one beer before at Monday night and it's just, it smells like nothing you've ever smelled before. It's wow. super unique. Um, and it's nice to be able to sort of push the edge of beer production with your neighbors and do something fun and be able to also like promote this guild festival. Yeah. A couple other notable collaborations. I know that Sweetwater Brewing did a collaboration brew with Red Hair out of Marietta. Oh, that's cool. I have not been to Red Hair in forever. Yeah, they did a they did a collab. I saw that on their Instagram. And um who else? Um Creature Comforts in Athens did one with Halfway Crooks, which you just mentioned. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't know what the beers are specifically, but there's gonna be like, you know, 25 beers. That is really exciting. Collaborations with Georgia breweries that nobody's ever had before. And this is a chance to try them. That's awesome. I, I'm just so excited to taste all the collaborations and just be there and see everyone. It's just anytime we have guild events or anything like that, it's just like a super fun, like I get to see all my friends. This is a great day. I know. Yeah. And you, you'd be, yeah, you end up seeing the same people, you know, that you maybe like your best friend from the last festival that you haven't talked to since the last festival. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I always forget the, uh, so you were saying the Phantasm pot, uh, powder is a derivative of like Sauvignon Blanc grapes. That's very on brand for Peter. Um, yes. Cause yeah. he has that sommelier background. Yes. He, um, I know he's, it's very on brand for him and he, um, you know, he's made, I want to say like at least 45 different IPA recipes in the last two years. Wow. And that's incredible. Yeah. So it's somehow, you know, you got to keep yourself interested too. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like you, it's, it, there's definitely value to doing one thing perfectly and doing right. it over, over again. And for us, that would be Blind Pirate. You know, Peter has worked it's on so that consistent. beer. It's so consistent, tweaking it in very small ways on the margin in terms of execution and mm -hmm. ingredient and, and, and has constantly worked on that for seven years. Um, so there's something to be said for being perfect at something. And then on the other side of being creative and being iterative and doing something that you've never done before, loving it, not loving it, never doing it again, mm -hmm. loving it, never doing it again. You know, I think that that's what keeps it. That's what keeps him engaged. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. Cause y'all are, y'all always have such amazing, it will, the beer, your core beers are always so consistent. Um, I've never had a bad beer here and that, I mean, y'all have so many beers come out, but also your, um, the collaborations that you do and like your bottle series, just mm -hmm. everything is just so there's just so much that goes into that. And cause you're, you're in charge of operations. So right. like, how does that work when you have so many different new releases and smaller bottle releases? Like, how does that kind of like play into everything that you do. Okay. Have you seen It's a Beautiful Mind? Um, <laughs> no, we, it, it's, it's a huge team of people. Yeah. I'd say, I mean, it's real, um, it's processes and procedures, but support. I mean, we have the, you know, starting at ideation and procurement this, okay. So we do the Hop Hut series, right? Mm -hmm. Which are these fresh IPAs that we just load full of either really innovative products or like just so many hops, it's irresponsible. <laughs> Push the bounds of what's I'm cool and it. great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but we are, that's a beer. You're not, 
So you don't really know exactly all of the tasting aroma. You know what you're shooting for in the recipe, mm -hmm. but it's a small batch mm -hmm. that you make one time. So the second that beer gets mm -hmm. ideated and on the schedule, we have to start working on the label. So it's, it's like it starts the clock for the marketing team. So they need, they're working on a design. They're working on getting the proofs back. They're working on getting... Um, the lead, you know, lead time on everything is super long right now. And so it creates this like an emergency for everyone involved. Yeah. Um, and then there's also the, you know, the, the, the treatment of the beer, the seller at the time, the packaging, do we have the materials on hand mm -hmm. and then mobilizing the awareness around it. And it all happens in 24 days wow. on average. So from the day that it gets brewed 24 days later, people are drinking it in the tap room. That and is we time the brew day to, yeah. And so it creates, you know, it's like hectic for everyone. And then we do that three times a month. So wow. it's just crazy. Oh my it's gosh. just really crazy. <laughs> um, and yeah, and it's, it's the, it's, there's that in the foreground happening, you know, creating all of this like chaos, which people are experts in their little area of the chaos though. I'm not, I'm making it sound like nobody knows what they're doing. The totality of it is chaotic, but each individual mm -hmm. person is an expert at the component they contribute to. Yeah. So, you know, broad picture, you're like, holy crap, I can't believe this works. But for an individual, you know, like the person designing the label is expert at it. They know exactly what they're doing. They're perfect at it. They keep organized. They're on their time. Um, so there's there's those releases. And then there's the, the bigger one. The, there's our beers that we make year round, which also need lots of focus and attention, making sure that they're consistent and mm -hmm. of the highest quality. Um, and we do make, you have to tweak. It's not like you write a recipe for a grilled cheese sandwich and you make that same grilled cheese sandwich forever. Right. Um, maybe the quality of the bread changes, which is what we're seeing right now. Ah. Um, there's a higher, you know, we've, we've seen various like protein content in some of our malts. Um, oh, so that wow. you have to change your, alter your recipes or your treatment of the beer to accommodate for that. So beers that you don't want to be hazy will be hazy if mm -hmm. you don't change your grilled cheese recipe. <laughs> wow. There's just so much that goes into it and just like little bitty tweaks here and there can completely change the beer. And that's what yeah. just, I mean, it's like, it's just, it's like chemistry and everything all in one. That's just fascinates me about the industry. Yeah. You're never bored. I've, whenever someone says, Oh, I, I've, I know everything that I can know about craft beer. That person oh, is gosh. a fucking liar or <laughs> delusional, right? Or they're not growing. It's you, true. I learned something new every day. I learned yeah. things that I'd forgotten. Um, you know, that happens. I, like at my anniversary the other day, which I did here. Thank you. It was Absolutely. amazing. It was a great time. Uh, raised a ton of money for St. Jude. Um, shameless plug. Um, but no, I was talking like one of the, when I, I made my announcement, I was like four years ago, I started this podcast because I didn't know shit about beer mm -hmm. and I still barely know anything about beer. I keep learning every day, but it's just, there's, yeah, I, I think you're completely right. The more we, honestly, anybody who says they do know everything, I don't trust them. No. Yeah. yeah they're not curious. Yeah. We actually was working the other day with um, someone on our team to compile a list of Monday Night Brewing insider terms because I realized, you know, I've been here for a decade. I've taken advantage for the the shortcuts and acronyms that I know mm -hmm. by nature. But when a new person, but we don't slow down to explain to new people. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, somebody can be in their particular role of expertise. Like I said, you know, this person designing the label who is knows what they do very well. They're a great contributor to the company. But they might not know what SRM means or what. Um, what does SRM mean? Oh dang! Standard. <laughs> uh, it's like standard reference method oh, okay, um, cool, cool, cool. for the color of you know beer, right? Where we're looking gotcha. at drafty kill. Obviously, it's very dark, and Taco Tuesday, it's very awesome. light. 
Um, I think it's standard reference method. I've, I've heard oh that before, right. but I just, I've, I've heard it before. And it's one of those terms that you hear in passing yeah. and you're like, uh-huh. Or uh-huh. IBU, right? You hear people talk yes. about it with respect to bitterness, but like international bitterness, you know, what's the origin of the phrase? What does yeah. it mean? And so coming up with a list. So those are industry terms, but then there's Monday Night Brewing insider terms. We always call Blind Pirate B-O-B-P. And we'll be mm. writing B-O-B-P, B-O-B-P. And somebody, they, she had been working here for a couple of months. She's like, what's a B-O-B-P? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You know, <laughs> like how many times have you heard this where you're like, oh, I'm hoping context clues will help me. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, I want to shortcut that for, for new hires. Yeah. So. I love that. Well, and that's kind of like the habit that I've gotten myself out of, which is like, if I don't know something, I immediately am like, okay, hold on. What is this? <laughs> yeah. Or if it's something that like, I forgot that, I, like, like you said earlier, like that you forgot that you knew or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, I always try to ask. So that way it's like, oh, okay, cool. Now I'm, I'm on the same page. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes when you're new somewhere or maybe just... Yeah. You you might not have the confidence to say, I don't know. And so, um, trying to help people through that, I guess, just make it a little bit easier. No, I love that. And it's just, I I think that's just so important for what, like, especially what y'all do here, but even on like a smaller scale, everything like that. So people can kind of grow like with the industry. Mm -hmm. And, um, also one thing I wanted to touch on, cause we had an amazing panel at Dames and Drags back in December. Yeah. This Uh, was amazing. It was so much fun. And it even tied, we did this great, uh, women in beer panel. And one thing that you really touched on that I love because you know, you are a woman in a male dominated industry Mm -hmm. that is in a C-suite position. And I mean, it's a huge deal. And Monday night has a lot of women in leadership positions. You have uh, it's you and Kayla in C-suite positions. Yes. That's pretty great. And, and, you know, I try to avoid asking people like, oh, what's it like being a woman in beer? But I mean, but being in that like C-suite position, that's just, it's a different level. And, um, you, you have so much control over the company culture and everything Mm -hmm. like that. So, but what do you think are some keys for other women that are either in the industry or wanting to get into the industry that they can kind of like make their way through the industry and move up? Yeah, ugh, that's such a good question. I have like 900 answers and none, you know? Um, I've, I'm have i very aware that some of my suggestions come from a place of privilege for a number of reasons about me um, as a white woman, as a person who's, you know, has my education or whatever, and also the authority that I have in my organization. Mm-hmm. So what I would, you know, with, without consideration of those things, I'd say, well, you know, just like get in the room and ask a question and advocate for yourself, which is true, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I, I know that not everyone has the same, you know, agency in their organization to just bust into a meeting and be like, include me, you know, yeah. um, that's not real life. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. So, you know, trying to balance that awareness with some advice would be asking questions mm-hmm. and, and researching, really staying very, very curious about everything you don't know. Right. Um, when I started, I started out in sales and at some point took over management of production and then um, into management of production and operations and then production and operations and sales and tap rooms. So it's been expanding. And through over those 10 years, it has been asking lots of questions and asking why, 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 and then reading an article and then laying in bed at night and checking my inbox and reading another article and following an account mm-hmm. and spending lots of my free time, um, dedicated to uncovering things I don't know. In That's craft awesome. You know, it doesn't have any like obvious direct payoff. Maybe you're in, um, a lab role. Um, it might not be directly relevant to be curious about what's happening with sales trends. Right. But read that article anyways, get super d- deep, read the link 
follow the art, the, the, the writer, read their other articles, spend hours doing that. That's awesome. Um, that's how I've personally expanded my knowledge. I mean, I didn't like go to school for right. craft beer. I studied environmental science. Um, just supposes in some ways related, but you know, practically not really, um, is just staying a student for a decade. That's awesome. I think that's really incredible. And I think that's such a big, that's such a big way for people to, that we can all do that. You know, like Mm -hmm. I always tell, I didn't go to college either. So I, um, or well, I didn't go, you went to college, but I did not. Mm -hmm. So, but it's like, I always, I didn't go to college for business, anything. And I, run two businesses. So it's like, I tell people I went to Amazon university because anytime I don't know something, I just order a book. Oh, that's a great, yeah. Amazon university. (laughs) (laughs) Which I should probably go to a small independent bookstore, but I don't have one by me and Amazon takes two days. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) I wish I were a better person. (laughs) I bought a dress off Amazon yesterday. All my clothes are from Amazon. (laughs) They're the best. Um, and then there was a, there was one thing that you brought up at both the Dames and Dregs panel and also the Eventide panel that really stuck out to me that I really appreciated. And that was about certifications Mm -hmm. and different things like, um, so like all these other beer certifications and everything, what is your sort of stance on those sort of certifications? Yeah, I feel um, super conflicted about certifications yeah. because I was just somebody, you know, I'm sitting here saying like, learn, 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 be a it's student. True, right? It's just when I look at folks who are getting hired mm-hmm. um, be you know, as a hiring manager and then at other organizations, they're not, I see people and many women I know working very hard to get professional certifications. Mm-hmm. And those are an aside relative to... Um, what, what do I want to say? Like they're hiring, uh, they might hire a guy in the role because of they've met him somewhere, his mm-hmm. experience, um, his connection, and she has a Cicerone. It doesn't, they don't, it doesn't, it's right. not making the impact on the hiring manager that I right. think we think it does. I, I said this same phrase at both panels. And mm-hmm. so now it's like the third time I'll say this, but like, <laughs> I, I just love it though. Sorry. <laughs> no, but you know, my, um, I have a boy and a girl and I was, when I found out I have a boy first and a daughter second, when I found out I was pregnant with a girl, I was feeling a lot of stress. And my husband was like, why, you know, Oh, you know, why don't you want to have a girl? You love girls. And I'm like, I know that's why I feel stressed. I'm, I really want her to live in a world where she can, be okay and still be awesome and not have to be perfect and excellent and strive. And I call this the sort of like Hermione effect where such a good term, you know? Yeah. So Hermione is so prepared. She does all the schoolwork. She's got the bag packed full of everything you need. Mm -hmm. She's so prepared. She's so diligent. She does all the work in the summer Mm -hmm. and she and Ron get equal billing. Yeah. They are the same character. They are side characters (laughs) of equal billing and Ron's (laughs) skill set is he is there. Yeah. And you know, some moments of bravery, but whatever. And I, I don't know. I just feel like I would, I want my daughter to live in a world where she can be a Ron and get equal billing. Yes. And I just look around sometimes in craft beer and I see these women like working, 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 working to be perfect, to be excellent, to get all these certifications. And I just think it's bullshit that the Ron is like, and also ran and is getting this equal consideration for these positions. I don't know what to do about that. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I might have different policies and things I can do as a hiring manager, but I, I, I do want to continue to raise it as an issue. Right. It's, it impacts women I care about. And I think it, you know, if we don't address it, it could be an issue for my daughter. So yeah. it's, it's worth continuing to address. Um, one idea I had kind of reflecting on this quote unquote Hermione effect is um, that, you know, Ron's benefit is he knows Harry. Yeah. And so yeah. In, 
you know, taking time to like slow down, make connections, mm-hmm. stop and have a beer, network, um, send an email, say, hey, have non-directional, deliberate conversation of friendship with people in the craft beer space can open up opportunities for employment. Whereas so many of the women I know, myself included for many years, have been like, finish this spreadsheet on time, send this email, Mm -hmm. um, hit this deadline. So focused on getting the work done that I haven't slowed down to make the connections. I think that's such an amazing point to bring up because you're right. Like people want to work with people that they enjoy, especially in the craft beer industry. Cause it's a yeah. fun industry. I mean, it's a professional and corp, you know, there can be like a more corporate structure to it, but yeah. Yeah. Like if you can just like take that time to go out and meet people, say hi to people when you're at different breweries and like, it's, you can just make so much more of an impact that way. I think that's such a great point to bring up. Yeah. Good. Well, Hopefully it's helpful to folks. And if anybody has any feedback where they're like, first of all, who the fuck is Hermione? Um, <laughs> oh my God, is, Harry Potter. You should not be listening Harry to Potter. this podcast. This is all Harry Potter. Uh, yeah. My husband's so tired of hearing. I'm like, see, look at that. Look what she did. Look what he did. He's like, no, we get it. We get it. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I think my Patronus is, yeah, I took the Patronus test for Harry Potter. It's an otter, I think. Oh, that's fun. I yeah. see that. I Yeah. Mm-hmm. They nailed it. Yeah. Do you know your Patronus? No. Yeah. I don't. They have, it's like Potter, Potter's Mead or something. Pottersmead.com. If somebody please correct me, but it's like this website and you can, it's like a very detailed quiz. Okay. And it's really like a magical website that like has all these like beautiful graphics. And then it takes a minute for it to populate. Like, and then you're like thinking about your it. Patronus comes up okay. and you're like, oh yeah, I am an otter. I feel Absolutely. that. <laughs> I've always said um, I'm a Slytherin. Oh, I'm um, 100% a Slytherin. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I am a Slytherin. Um, but And I have a tattoo of a snake on my back. <gasps> and um, this is back to my kids, but my son, I was like getting out of the shower and he was like, mommy, did somebody draw on you? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And he said, do you like it? And I said, I do. And then took a pause and I was like, do you like it? And he goes... No. <laughs> and walks away. Savage. Savage. Just like, no respect. Rude. Yeah. I was like, well, great. Don't, you know, get tattoos. Don't. I don't care. <laughs> Do what you want. Do what you want. Did someone draw on you? That's so cute. Yeah. Do you like it? No. Wow. <laughs> that is really savage. So rude. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been such a great interview. I really appreciate it. So the Craft Brewers Fest, uh, Georgia Craft Brewers Fest, What other info do we need to know about the festival? So you can find info to buy a ticket at georgiacraftbrewersfestival.com. I believe the tickets are, I think the early bird rate is over. I think they're $45 a ticket, which is an incredible deal. Dude, that's a a Um, lot of beer for $45. It's a lot of beer. It's going to be an amazing time. It's centrally located in Atlanta. It's going to be beautiful weather. Um, A lot of our members... uh, breweries will be there. So the brewers, the owners, if you want to connect with people, if you want to hear more about the guild, or if you just want to network and just run the shit out of it, like (laughs) come, they will be there. You can ask them about their business, ask them how you can be a part of their business, how you can enter, enter the space, you know, as a enthusiast or fan customer or worker, there will be lots of folks there. You can buy a Georgia craft brewers guild t-shirt. Oh, I'm, um, yeah, I'll be first in line. And you can network with Miss Caroline. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Well, yeah, I cannot wait. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be great. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Anytime. You're always welcome. I appreciate it. <laughs>
so much again for listening. Uh, Rachel is just so amazing. Longtime friend of the podcast. Always welcome back. I just love talking to her. She's just such a badass. And it's, I, I know we're not, we're, are we not supposed to call ladies badass anymore? I know I saw like a lot of people posting about that, but I just, I keep doing it. So sorry if that's offensive. I just, I don't know. I think it's amazing. <laughs> Anyways, please don't cancel me. <laughs> Anyways, you can get more information about the Georgia Craft Brewers Fest by going to georgiacraftbrewersfest.com. This festival is happening this Saturday, April 2nd, and it is at Atlantic Station. They have a lot of parking over there, as we said, but just take a fucking Uber. Dude, I, I don't even fuck with parking anymore in Atlanta. It's driving me nuts. Getting booted. You can get booted anywhere now. It's horrible. <laughs> but anyways, thank you so much for to Monday night. Again, we had such a successful St. Jude Children's Hospital fundraiser for my four-year anniversary. Thank you so much to Monday Night for hosting us and allowing that amazing space to be there. Thank you to all of our silent auction donors. We ended up raising $1,650 for St. Jude Children's Hospital in my baby brother's name. It was just such a great event. So thank you all so much for supporting, coming out. And for those of you who didn't make it, the people who still donated, wow, I'm just, I'm just so moved and so grateful. So thank you all so much for listening and supporting. I can't wait for another four years and longer of bitch beer. Oh my gosh. I want to be like 80 years old talking to y'all about beer, <laughs> but it was a great time until next time. Cheers. Follow the glow.